Hey, what's up guys? Welcome to the Real Estate Wealth Show, a show that is about all things real estate designed to teach you how you can build wealth through real estate throughout time. Stay tuned. What's going on everybody? My name is Tyler Horst, host of the Real Estate Well Show and a realtor investor in my hometown of Portland, Oregon. When you subscribe to my channel or follow my page, you'll become more informed about investing in real estate and given the knowledge base that you need to start growing your real estate portfolio today. My goal is to show you how easy it is to get started investing in real estate and show you how easy it can be done. Every single week, I'll be covering a different topic regarding investing in real estate, so please don't forget to subscribe or follow me on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. I've also included a link to my podcast below, so make sure to give me a follow if you're learning a thing or two. Just make sure to uh, click that thumbs up and subscribe button below. Thanks. So this week, I'm going to be talking about four ways anyone can invest in residential real estate. The first way that anyone can invest in residential real estate is by buying rental properties. And one thing you need to know about rental properties is how cash flow works. And what cash flow is, is the amount that you're making from your tenants on a monthly basis over your monthly mortgage amount. So let's say your monthly mortgage amount is 2000 and you're making $2,500 from your tenants every month. You're making a cash flow of $500 every month. The most important thing about buying rental properties is not necessarily always cash flow. I would say it's appreciation. I would rather buy a rental property in a good area with good schools that I know is gonna go up in value over time and I'll be and I'll be able to cash out when I go to sell that house one day for a profit. Now, cash flow is good at certain times, especially in down markets, because that cash flow that you are putting into your reserves every month, that cash flow can be used as a, a good buffer during bad times when maybe your tenants lose a job and they can't pay their mortgage every month. So cash flow is good for, to protect you during those times, but it's really about appreciation when it comes to a single family uh, rental property. Uh, the one next thing I wanna talk about in terms of uh, rental properties is the importance of doing uh, background checks with your tenants. So um, you don't want just anyone living in your house. You wanna make sure that you go through a process with these tenants where they go and, and submit all their uh, documents and everything that they need so you can know that the history on this tenant and know that they're a qualified tenant. And the next thing I wanna talk about is how anybody can start playing around with rental properties. You don't need to be a seasoned investor to start uh, researching uh, deals and seeing what that looks like. I would recommend people going on Zillow and start seeing what uh, certain houses sold for and, and start to see what the rental rates are going on in those area to see, okay, if I bought this house for you know 500,000 and my monthly payment was 2,500, based on this area in Zillow, I could probably charge those tenants uh, 2,600 and cash flow at $100 um, you know, every month. So those are some things that you wanna look at when uh, looking at a rental property. The other thing I wanna to touch on is passive income versus active income. When buying a rental property, this is very much passive income. This is gonna be money that you're gonna be getting throughout time. This doesn't need to be a full-time job managing these rentals. A lot of people, what they'll do is they'll have a property management and uh, involved that's helping with uh, getting the tenants in there and taking care of the property throughout time so you don't have to do those things. So that's one way you can go about it. You're gonna make more money in cash flow every month if you don't pay a property management company, but that's a great way to, uh, to get started if you don't know how to manage a rental. 
So another thing you need to know that typically when you're buying a rental property, it requires a higher down payment than you would on a primary residence. But a little bit of a trick that I like to uh, tell my investors and tell people that I've worked with in the past and something I did myself was you can buy a primary residence with 3% down. Now you are required to live there for at least one year, but you can live there for one year with 3% down and get a better interest rate because you're buying it as a primary residence. And then after you lived in a year, then you can run it out from there so then you don't have to come up with a 20% down and have to pay a higher interest rate that you would typically on a second residence uh, such as a rental. So that's a little trick that you can play out as well. Another way that anyone can start investing in residential real estate is by buying a home and renting out the rooms to roommates. Uh, you can help out with a mortgage and sometimes you can end up living for free. So let's say your mortgage payments is $2,500 and you, let's say you have uh, three bedrooms that you can rent them out to roommates and maybe uh, you charge them $500 each you're getting 1500 in rent, so then your payment for the house is only $1,000. Now, what I like to tell a lot of people is when you're buying a single family house as your first uh, home, you're not only investing in real estate, but you're really investing in yourself because what you're doing is you're keeping the money that you're paying in your mortgage every month in your own pocket and not giving it to your landlord. So you're building equity over time, and you also have to capture that appreciation in the market. Uh, you can get in as low as 3% down on these uh, homes typically, like I talked about previously, if you live there for a year, so that's awesome. And the other thing is uh, when you sell your home and upgrade, you're actually building a real estate portfolio uh, by leveraging your equity to buy more real estate. This is what I call trading up. And the next way that anyone can invest in residential real estate is through multifamily, which is actually my favorite long-term investment opportunity out there. Now, what is multifamily? A multifamily opportunity is anything between two units and four units. That's a duplex, triplex, or fourplex, meaning four units, obviously. Uh, the good thing about multifamily is you can actually buy a multifamily opportunity with as low as 3% down. Now, when you get over four units, that becomes a commercial opportunity. So that would be anything five units or above. This would be an apartment building or something along the lines of that size. But you can actually buy four units called a fourplex for as low as 3% down. And you can even live in one of the units uh, while you cash flow the property with all the rest of the tenants in there. At least in the Portland metro area, we do see higher appreciation rates over time with multifamily opportunity as well. And that's part of the reason why I think this is the best long-term investment. Uh, the more doors, the better. You're better off buying a fourplex with four doors in one location than buying four different single family homes scattered in different uh, neighborhoods around the region. So I would uh, start buying fourplexes and then uh, build up your real estate portfolio from there. And the next way that anyone can begin investing in residential real estate is through Airbnb. Now, I'm sure most of you have heard of Airbnb at this point, but what it is is a short-term rental service where you can rent out a room, a whole level in your house, or your entire property, or maybe an ADU in your backyard to somebody for as little as a day to maybe two weeks or, th or three weeks. Now, one thing you need to know about Airbnb is that it's very impacted by, uh, sh by short-term rental regulations impacted by the city and state. So at least here in Portland, there's a lot of regulations on where Airbnbs can operate and how they operate. So it's important to look at your uh, local municipality and the regulations they have on Airbnbs, how that can really affect the way that you do your business. Now, the great thing about Airbnb is there's actually a lot of uh, companies out there that will manage them for you that specialize in Airbnbs. So they'll come in and clean and replace all the towels and everything in between uh, different people staying in your property, but they will charge a percentage. So there is people that are out there that are managing their own or they're paying a fee to a property management company to manage their Airbnbs. 
Now, the thing with Airbnbs is that you can cash flow a lot more than you would on a single family rental property because people tend to pay more for short term stays versus a long term stay. So if you're looking to capitalize on cash flow, go the Airbnb route, but make sure to look at all those uh, regulations within your municipality to see how you can manage those Airbnbs moving forward. I've seen it work great for people here in the Portland metro area. Uh, but you definitely need to know what you're getting yourself into before you uh, get started in the Airbnb market. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in my video this week. And if you like what you're hearing, make sure to subscribe or follow me on my different pages to see new content posted once a week and click the like or subscribe button below. And if you're even thinking about buying or selling real estate within the Portland metro area, please feel free to call, text, or email me anytime with my contact information listed in this video. I'd love to help you out. See you again next week.